Mavs fans, welcome to another episode of Mavs Party. This is Kirk Henderson. It's about 11.15 on Friday, November 4th. Thanks so much for spending part of your night with me. Man, that was a really fun game. The Dallas Mavericks have now won three uh, uh, three straight games, three straight home games. Tonight, they defeated the Toronto Raptors 111-110. The final score doesn't really tell the whole Story. It was a really exciting game, a wildly, weirdly refed game. Uh, the Mavericks got crushed on the rebounds. They turned the ball over a ton. And yet, and yet, I think every single one of us feels really good about that one. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are an outstanding team. They played basically the same size lineup that the Orlando Magic rolled out, only all of their players were good. Uh, and what felt like it might be a little bit of a quietly, like a quiet battle throughout the game, the Dallas Mavericks really blew the doors off the mat, uh, off the Raptors for two periods. Uh, things got a little funky in the fourth because the referees like to call offensive fouls, but the Mavericks found uh, their way, steadied the game a little bit, played one of the sloppiest like final three minutes and escaped with a win. And you know, I don't really, I'm not really too worried about anything, you know, bad that I saw in that game. The Mavericks escaped with uh, Maxi Kleba, uh, let's see here, it was Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Reggie Bullock shooting four of 19 with seven turnovers between them. So if that's going to happen and you're getting solid contributions from a Josh Green who played 20 minutes, his box score stats once again are kind of like, huh, what did he do for 20 minutes? But if you watch the game, he played really well, played solid defense, made uh, the right kind of passes, really mixed it up in a game where the the Mavericks, you know, they get a little bit methodical and his sort of frenetic energy was really positive in this one. Spencer Dinwiddie probably played what I feel like was his best game of the year to date. Um, also picked up a, a fun technical, which is probably going to be a story that I'm going to need to follow um, later, but haven't really paid too much attention to the postgame quotes. You know how these things go. I ended up writing the recap, did a podcast with Josh Bowe, then needed to get the dogs outside and get them put away so I could come record with you. Um, Josh McSwag says eight consecutive games. With yeah, he was a plus in his minutes. Um, he got kind of hammered on his plus minus tonight uh, just because of that stretch to start the fourth quarter, but so did the whole team. Um, that was that was not really anybody's problem there other than, you know, Tony Brothers wanting to give everybody a big fat negative. Um, let's see here. Okay, guys. So, you know, the drill, I invite you up here. You, you look for the green ring, uh, around your name so that you can talk, make sure you're not muted. Um, somebody pointed out to me, it was actually Josh there in the chat who said, you know, we're hearing a lot of the same folks. He meant that, uh, in a complimentary way, cause he thinks a lot of you guys are talking and making really good points, but I do want to prioritize, uh, bringing new people up here. So if I do not recognize your name, I'm going to try to, to bump you to the front of the line. So please come and participate. This is supposed to be fun and let's, uh, let's hang out for a few minutes. All right. Coming up first is my man, Jay Pry. What's going on, buddy. Hey, Kirk, you said, uh, people that <laughs> you weren't used to seeing and then you brought me up. So that threw me off. Well, I mean, all the, the, I have five regulars in the thing. So, but you know, it's, it's so, so but you're the one I've heard from least, believe it or not. Hey, cool. I'll take it. Um, so I didn't get to catch a ton of the game. I was working on an assignment today, but, uh, I, you know, would tune in from time to time and man, I freaking love Josh Green this season. Oh my gosh. Like he is, he is becoming the, how would you put it? I don't want to compare him to Draymond Green because that's too early for that. But basically like the guy who doesn't put a whole lot of stats up, but every time he comes in, dude, he just kicks ass. I just, I love him this year. They had him in, in the second unit. So JaVale McGee gets bumped to the bench. Uh, And in the second unit, starting the second quarter, it's Josh Green, Tim Hardaway, Spencer Dinwiddie, Christian Wood, and JaVale McGee. And I got like three or four um, direct messages that are like, oh my God, why are we playing, you know, Green? Or I'm sorry, why are we playing McGee and Wood together? And the length on the floor was ridiculous. Like Tim Hardaway cannot play a lick of defense, but he's at least big. Uh, yeah. Because he's not a, you know, he's a shooting guard, but he's a big guard. Yeah. Um, and they got a couple of fast break plays, including one that led to like that really thunderous Josh Green dunk. 
which is just awesome. Like, yeah, which is just like it's like arms in the in the key. It was a it was a smaller version of what Toronto was, you know, Toronto like basically has patented at this point. But you know, it was nice. I I Josh Green or Josh Bow and I just got done talking about this. Like there's, you know, kind of a a call for for Josh Green to start primarily because you're seeing uh both Bullock and Timmy struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do understand the want for Timmy like to replace like green minutes with where uh, replace Timmy minutes with green minutes. Bullock is going to come around. We have 10 years of data on this. So I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the, worried about Bullock at the same time. What I really want, and this is sort of my, my desire for Josh green is for him to consistently get 20 minutes night in and night out to where, when you need him to play 30 plus minutes, because you need Reggie Bullock to sit for a couple of games for personal reasons or somebody sprains an ankle. Like you start to get something out of these minutes where you build him up slowly and with a plan and not simply throwing him feet first into the fire. Because I also don't know, and this is the thing I want more people to come up here and tell me if you think I'm wrong about. I'm curious about Luca or Luca and Green together because I, Green gets a lot of, of run out of running. And Luca does not run. <laughs> Luca yeah. brings the ball up and runs the offense. And so it's like, there's something with that second unit that when they're cooking, I really like watching. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a bunch of guys who like to, to get out and run. And I've something that I personally haven't noticed, at least to the degree that I've seen it this season. I mean, I've always known that Josh Green was a good athlete, but dear God, he is a freak athlete, and I did not realize that. And the Mavs have been missing that for well over since basically since Dennis Smith Jr. We haven't had a freak a-, a freak athlete on this team. And I still don't know if we do. People are going to crush me for that one. But, <laughs> uh, I, I I will say that he has the explosive nature of some of his plays this year are really really. That was the best Josh Green dunk I've ever seen. I, I I could be wrong. Maybe someone will throw something at me. But that one was a just a such a thunderous like Russell Westbrookian type dunk. I really enjoyed it. No, yeah, it was it was cool. And I mean, you can definitely tell that he played off like he looks like a football player playing basketball, which makes sense because he played like Australian football or rugby or whatever they call it over there. Uh, but yeah, just he's just been great this season so i'll I'll stop hogging the time uh, and let you go to somebody new but yeah dude i'm i'm on a josh green high right now good enjoy it it's supposed to be fun thanks for hanging out all right let's go to sam hey sam what's going on hey what's up kirk you got me i do what you thinking oh well i mean hey three in a row you know y'all's gonna take three in a row obviously after that okc like debacle Mm. uh, it's nice to get just three wins under your belt, especially against a good team. But I don't want to say I'm concerned, but it is kind of starting to get annoying. These fourth quarter leads that they, they, they are blowing, and they're having to hold on for dear life. So every game has been a clutch game except Memphis. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like okay. The only thing I can hope is that it's given it's given us experience for later on down the season. So that you know we've been in so many close games, we can say okay, well we know what to do. So, well, and we sort of saw an example of what not to do again in the fourth quarter, where they played like prevent offense once again, and I just hate it. Now they got some good looks, and it's like had a couple of them gone down. Like it, Reginald will hit his shots at some point because he got another like really good look, and it's it's stuff like that that I feel confident they'll sort out given enough playing time. But it's the 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 offensive collapse to start the fourth. I felt tonight was much more due to the. Raptors being good, the refs being an overly involved. Those much more than I thought it was like the Mavs like collapsing. And, and plus, they didn't have Siakam on the floor, so just imagine if they had him in the fourth. So that yeah, was- but it was weird because Scotty Barnes had played like unmitigated ass the whole night, and then a Pascal Siakam went out and he turned in, and, and Barnes all of a sudden just like morphed into a phenomenal basketball player. Like that was. He was real, like he looked terrible up until the fourth quarter, and really, and really helped uh, keep them a pace. It was, I don't know, I, I, I find myself like pleased that they won because they just got crushed in areas where you should lose the game. Like you get out rebounded by thirteen, and then you you give up twenty turnovers, you should lose the game, and they did. 
Yeah. Toronto's I love that. I love that Toronto's team, by the way. I love Toronto. <laughs> like just and they didn't have Fred Van Vliet neither. So it's kinda like, you know, hey, let let them collapse somehow and then just give us OG. I'll take OG on my team any day of the week. So it's just Yeah. But um yeah, I mean it's it's a good win. I just wanna just kinda want them want them to keep it up just because I don't know if Luca can keep this up, but this dude is He's amazing. Go take, go take a look at that schedule, and I think you'll feel better. I don't see who is stopping him on any of the teams they play until until they play the Clippers, and even the Clippers, since they look so raggedy right now. There's just a lot. There's a lot. I think you could be bullish about if you if you chose to be. I mean, he's just he's he's. I thought this was the game where Luca wouldn't score, and he put up fourteen. I don't know how many in the first quarter. It was ridiculous. Yes, those defenders. So that's right. At this point, if they're going to keep playing the same coverage. Was like, okay, we'll let Luca get his, and we're not going to, you know, leave Dorian Finney-Smith open or Reggie Bullock open. And he's still finding them for wide open passes or wide open shots. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, what are you going to oh, do? Yeah, the first time they they like at the end of November they play Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Golden State. That concern that stretch is going to suck. But right now they go, they play Brooklyn on Monday, who look rejuvenated after Kyrie. Um, well, you, everyone knows, no reason to discuss it. Uh, then they play Orlando, Washington, Portland, Clippers, Houston, Denver, Denver. I like Luca could have a bajillion points by then. Hey, it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. I just hope they don't wear him down because it's. He's he's doing a lot, and hell, he's he's efficient. I mean, if it wasn't for his three point shooting, I mean, I don't know what he's shooting right now, but he's <laughs> that man is amazing right now. He's he's my MVP at the moment. I, like I much better defense problem. tonight too. Like there oh, yeah, were some yeah. there were some real funny. Like I don't know if you're a Luka Doncic stan, I'm I'm you picked a good player to be crazy about, but he's not above criticism. Like he is still kind of an ass defender sometimes. Tonight, I thought he played great defense at times. He had three steals and a block in the third quarter alone. Yeah, and the other other plays he made, they called fouls, which I didn't think were fouls. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the one where he got attacked. Like, that was – he just – he picked the guy's pocket, and, and it was not a foul. And then he got called for a tech for arguing it. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? But uh, I'm just I'll, I'll get off of the other people get on. But, hey, I'm, I'm liking the start right now. This is a chance to build up wins because I'd rather build up wins and play shitty now and then – Later on in the season, you know, who knows what could happen. So that's right. I'll Don't take <laughs> Have a good one. You too, buddy. All right. What's coming up next? If I could get the thing to respond to me, we have here, we're going to go with Tyler. Welcome back, Tyler. How you doing? Hey, Kirk. <clears throat> doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, sure. So I wanted to talk and ask about lineup, but um, that last thing, or that last comment uh, just brought an idea that I've had. Um, do you think there's going to come a time where they pretty much tell Luca or try to get Luca not to guard on the perimeter and just guard off ball like a a nobody or a, like a power forward or or someone down low and tr- try to help our perimeter defense at some point, like maybe down the line? So I want to say one of James Harden's played on too many basketball teams for me to remember. But I want to say when he was with the Nets, when they were really cooking with gas, because people are going to forget this in the future, but that Nets team with him, and they had some games where they looked amazing. And I want to say one of the things that they did with Harden there is sort of plant him as like a single-person zone at times, not necessarily like a free safety but like he would be, he would guard like short corner to the three point line for one half of the floor and then help towards the middle if it was really, really needed. I don't think they ever do anything like that with Luca. Luca's too big. He's capable of playing good defense. That's the thing. It's they're just nights where when he's not locked in or he's tired or he's nursing an injury or he's mad about something where it becomes readily apparent. Like against. Uh, who do we beat game before last? Uh, it was, yeah, against um, Utah. The first quarter, he was a matador in a bad way. And there's clips to show it where he just gets beat on single dribble moves, things like that. 
tonight he was he was anticipating dribble moves well he was taking body blows and absorbing contact he was in the right place at the right time it, it's he's capable of doing it you know chris in the chat just notes um that he's you know he's in better shape he can still get in better shape still it, it, getting in uh, amazing peak cardiovascular shape takes years of consistency he'll get there and and you know he'll he'll be stronger by the end of the season than he is when he started yeah uh yeah i agree with all of that um i just think um or I, I worry that uh because perimeter defense is so important especially in the in the playoffs um that making a move may be worth considering and, and i agree i don't know if we'll ever do it either sure. uh, but as far as rotations um I'm happier with what we're doing. Like I'm happier that there there's seems to be more fluidity, which I think there should be throughout the regular season. Um, I kind of think that Powell and McGee should kind of be like based on form and, and matchup be pretty fluid throughout the season back and forth on minutes. Um, and hopefully McGee can regain some form um, at some point. But um, I did have a question. I know there's been a lot of green talk. Um, and I know that you got, it sounded like you got kind of frustrated with the green into the starting lineup. And at first, like I laughed it off too. Uh, but then I started thinking about it and, um, I think ideally next to Luca with again, his perimeter defense, not being great, um, having a, a stronger perimeter defender rather than Dinwiddie would be, um, better. I think you would like to have a good perimeter defender next to him sort of like you have like in Atlanta um, and some other, some other teams around the league where they have like a good ball handler and then a good defender right next to them. Um, I was wondering if you thought it'd be too crazy to think that at some point down the line, like playing like green, like the 20, 21, 24 minutes a game, like you got 20 tonight, but at the two guard and have Dinwiddie come off the bench. Cause I like wood coming off the bench with the scoring that he brings. And I think that, uh, Dinwiddie, THJ, and, and Wood off the bench could be could be really nice, but that could be crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm not against them trying anything because you're really looking for complementary pairings with Luca because Luca's basically the the start and the end of all this. To where if Luca's not playing well, it really doesn't matter, right? Uh, but I I don't have a problem with it. I just don't know. I just don't know. Is, is the thing because if you're starting him, it's it's kind of a shooter's thing too where, okay, I understand he's shooting really well from three right now. He's also not taking that many looks. Like if he misses his next three threes, does that change how we feel about him? I don't know. But if you're if you're starting Josh Green, you're, you're essentially playing Luca at that point with two non-shooters. And I don't know. I, 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 I bet they try it at some point, particularly over the next 30 games. I wouldn't be shocked if they tried it. And my thinking in that is that um, when we start off the game, like the offense is basically like all Luka, and Dinwiddie isn't really doing much to start off games for the most part. Um, And I feel like he would just be better utilized coming off the bench. Um, But, yeah, um, that's really all I had. Uh, uh, and thanks for having me on. Sure. Hope, hope you come back. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Let's go to – I made Chris wait. Um, Chris is always like the first person in the room. Hey, Chris. I'm the quickest draw on the West on the uh, – That's right. You got the notifications turned on. <laughs> yes, I do. Within like a matter of three seconds, I'm pressing that button, so that's all good. But right now, yes, I'm happy with this team. They are figuring it out. Well, they've lost three games by 10 points total. Three games by 10 points. That would have been a bad loss, though, if they would have caught up in one. That kind of makes it for – well, kind of like the Thunder. I mean, they're Thunder are unpredictable. Well, it's a a good point because, like, there's a lot of 50-50 games and sometimes shit just doesn't go your way. Tonight it went the Mavericks way. That's what I was saying, like, last week. I mean, these – it's going to happen. Like, this is – those kind of games are going to happen. These kind of games are going to happen for us. So – but right now, I'm putting the lime in the coconut on Josh Green Island. I mean, I'm staying on Josh Green Island right now. I love this guy. And it feels good. 
if you have him, even Dwight Powell on the floor at the same time, there's not two chickens with their head cut off running around this year. I just feel like that they're they're just providing energy. They're not really messing up that much. You're just playing his role, just play with energy. I mean, he only had one three tonight, Josh Green, but I mean, the one, I think the one and only one he took, so and he made it. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah, the offense got sort of gunked up by the offensive foul. Uh, like just like parade to start the fourth quarter. So there was, there was really nothing to be done there because the Mavericks wasted, like I think they had four turnovers in the first like five minutes of the fourth quarter. And then none of those involved him. So. Yeah. And if anything, I mean, he provides energy, but if he just builds a stock up enough where we get something for him, if he's involved in a trade at some point in the future, that, that alone is good because he was drafted somewhat high, I think, with 18th overall pick in, what, 2019? Yeah. 20, God, I can't believe that was three years ago. Um, but, yeah, we got to develop him. I mean, I think he's figuring it out a little bit. Well, uh, I mean, all I've wanted, and I wrote this in the, the season preview for him, is, like, he has to give Dallas something. Right now he is giving them more than something. Yes. I don't know how to – like. Small sample size stuff where it's just like, oh, well, he's the, like, it was really funny when he was leading the league in true shooting percentage because he'd hit a ton of threes, yeah. <laughs> like 108% true shooting percentage. It's, it's, it's not, I, I hope he gets more opportunity for three. Um, right now, he's not, do, you know, in the last four games in particular, he's not done the randomly pass open and an open look thing. He's taken the shots given to him. Yeah. Um, and, and that pleases me. Okay. Uh, sorry, guys. I think some of the dudes on this chat were having a problem with my Jamaican accent. I really haven't practiced that in a while. So, <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I weave in and out of reading the chat. Um, <laughs> Josh, uh, Josh McSwag says he's a glue guy. Every team needs one. He's being a great seventh man. I, I, that's that's the that's the correct reason. Yeah, I think. And with Dwight Powell starting, I mean, this is an obvious thing that they had to fix because with McGee coming in at first, it was just it just things were stagnant and slow in the beginning. And yeah, you know, I, they, they what they're doing is good. Not that it matters, but Frank Nilakina is he? Uh, I haven't really Googled him to see what's going on with him, but is he actually injured or is this I more like? I, th- I think he's pretty injured. I think. He's oh, like okay. Point, so this is he a legit. missed. He missed all the World Cup or yeah, no, uh, Euro Cup stuff. Um, all with I think the same injury an ankle effusion, whatever the hell that was. Now he played a couple of preseason games, but it makes me wonder if it's something that's not entirely stable. So one last question. I, I don't sure. think we have enough assets for it, but I mean, obviously this would be like a, a badass thing if it happened, but with uh, Kevin Durant, the whole Kyrie thing, all this drama going on, obviously he don't want to be there. He's already requested to be out this sure. summer. Would the Maz right now have any kind of a- ch- assets to, uh, you know, offer the Nets? I mean, no, I know it's still old, though. No, changing. but if you, if you go read Dallas basketball, a uh, friend of the chat, friend of the program, Dalton Trigg, our everyone's favorite dreamer, uh, I ginned him up. I was just, I just was teasing him one morning. I said, you really need to write a Kevin Durant trade column. It's like, I love Kevin Durant, the basketball player. I know he really pisses a lot of people off uh, just because he's kind of a weird mercurial guy, but I love him as a player. And he went out and put together, like, a really hilarious three-team trade involving the Lakers that actually – like the math and everything works. And I don't think it's entirely unfair, but it's like one of those will never happen in a million years type trades. Mm. So, well, that's, that's unfortunate. We just need that extra playmaker and come playoff time because we all know they're going to go after Luca and other guys. They're just going to have to step up. I mean, it was, it was sure. a great ride the last time, but the whole golden state thing, we just ran into a brick wall there, but anyway, yeah, good win. And hopefully we'll get another win on Monday coming up against the Nets. Talk soon. All right, let's go with uh, hi Rain. Welcome. We have a we have a Christian Wood avatar, first one of the year. Rain, hit the unmute button and then get your uh, I hope outstanding Christian Wood takeoff because I we we need a good one in here. We've not talked about Christian Wood yet. Let's see if give him a second. To... Hello. There we go. Hi. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Just got a few takes. Uh, I know we just had a win, um, but I do have some frustrations with this win. We are not utilizing either Christian Wood or Josh Green nearly enough. Um, I just wish we would start a game and utilize Christian Wood with spam pick and rolls the way that we do with Luca and 
wiped out. Um, the, I think the efficiency would just be off the charts. And I know that they haven't built up their chemistry yet, but they can't be expected to do so if they just never give it a try. I, I, the, the, the lack of wood uh, Doncic pick and rolls is something that I've, I've thought about a great deal because if I was to have a complaint about future MVP Luka Doncic's season, <laughs> it's that I think right now he's using almost all screens as a means to isolate a mismatch not as a way to screen and roll screen and flare, you know, it's any, any sort of screen and roll option. Cause he's not, he's thrown a couple of lobs, but he's really just using it to figure out who he wants to pick on. And we saw this in the first two games where Luca and wood had some really outstanding chemistry. And, you know, I think, you know, Luca talked about it last game. I want to say he, he's, he sort of mentioned that it's up to, it's really on him to get, would more involved in these sorts of things. And I, you know, maybe the Raptors are probably not the best example because they just switch and have such incredible length. Uh, but I, I do hope it's something that we see more of in the future because it's like when, when Wood is capable of putting up 25 and 10 on like 13 shots, like that's, that sort of efficiency is, is what you, is what you dream for. No, I, I totally agree. And any time he gets more than what six, seven shots a game, he's even easily going to average over twenty points. And I, I, we continuously have these fourth quarters where the offense gets stagnant, and Ted goes with these defensive quotation marks, defensive lineups, where we lose leads. Where at the end of the game, at the end of the day, the game's about putting the ball in the basket. And if having wood on the floor gives you a better chance of putting the ball in the basket, we'll probably have more games where we keep and hold on to a lead. Um, and going to Josh Green, I, as I said, I think he deserves more minutes. But to anyone who says he needs to start over Reggie, I don't know how this game goes if Reggie's not in in those last minutes and playing the balls-to-walls defense that he was with that block that he had and the steals that he had. I don't know if Josh Green was ahead of Great game, but I, I don't know if we can start him over Reggie. But I wouldn't mind seeing him replace minutes where Tim's in over either Spencer yeah, or someone else. Just so killer. Because huh? if there's one person who I think is actually responsible for Wood not getting the ball in some of these like situations to start the fourth quarter where the Mavericks offense has been going cold, I want to say it's, it's really Spencer and Tim dependent. Now, Tim finally made a really cool pass to wood on the corner for a great, really important three. But I've seen like, we've, we've talked about it in these before where, where Hardaway just gets like tunnel vision and does not see wood. It's really, it's, it's very frustrating. I, I think they, you know, Spencer is a, is a heck of a player. I think that we'd see these moments where he's not exactly the point guard you want to be running an offense where he gets tunnel vision himself and starts forcing stuff. I mean, both of his offensive fouls to start the fourth quarter of the night, we're offensive fouls. I get why he's forcing the issue, but Wood it, Wood was not utilized enough tonight. I mean, he played twenty three minutes and had eight shots. Like I would just, I would like to see more from him, just like you would. So. Totally agree on that point. Um, but it, going on to that, it, uh, I think you were talking about last live how Tim Hardaway seems to have a lot more freedom to do whatever he wants. <laughs> And he's dribbling the ball and attacking the basket way more often when Christian Wood is a far better option for this. And I, 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 those positions would be much better with the ball in, in Wood's hand, even if he's doing it all on his own and not having the ball fed to him, which would be more efficient. Um, and another point I want to raise is despite Dorian not getting and not having the threes, I really appreciate the way he's making emphasis of driving to the basket when he's given the opportunity by the offense and making him respect his ability to drive to the basket a little bit more, even if it's not always successful. I just, I think it's a much better option for him to do that and keep the defenses honest. Sure. I mean, a functional Dorian Finney-Smith who, who is able to contribute even in small ways is so valuable. And it's, it's, he's going to come on. I think all these guys will come on. That's why 
you know, if you're, if you're still feeling like extremely optimistic about the Mavericks, I think they've given you enough because they're five and three, they're three games. They've lost by a total of 10 points. And they've also had some really awful performances from some of their regulars. (laughs) So So, thank you. You got anything else? No, it's all. I just wish I had caught more of these being in New Zealand. It's kind of hard to, to make them with the time zones, but um, good to be on. You're our first New Zealand caller. We've had a couple of Australians, but uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to hang out with us. No, thanks. Uh, Keep up the good work. All right. Have a good day. Let's go with my man, Rolo. How are we doing, friend? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. He, Rolo's got that good, that good, good green sweatshirt on. I, I've, I've always liked that one. Green man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing that. Uh, they're, they're having like a party for their city edition stuff next Friday or Saturday. And I just, I need more green Mads gear in my life. Hey, man, no, just real quick. It was a really good game tonight. Uh, Luca, of course, was unreal. Um, I think a lot of people have already talked about Josh Green. No, so you, I won't can, beat talk, no, you that can absolutely <laughs> talk about Josh Green. This is, this, is a, this is a Josh Green positive space if we want it to be. Um, I was just really happy with that dunk, you know, that runaway dunk. That was awesome. I, I, cool. I want one of those, one, one, one a game if we can get it, you know, that would be pretty cool. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I hate to be the downer in the room, but are we ready to have the Maxi conversation? Because, you know, Maxi's, you know, he's been playing okay defense, but it's just the offense that's killing us right oh, now. Oh, it's man. the defense too, if you actually get into it. I mean, he was – I'm ready to have it insofar as I think it's important to acknowledge it while still giving him benefit of the doubt that he has time to turn it around. Uh, We've seen him go through much worse stretches, frankly. And I, I, it's the, it's the man just plays like he's in quicksand sometimes where one mistake begets two becomes five becomes, we want to send him into space. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I feel like tonight, especially with some of the offensive stuff, you know, the the turnovers, uh, I feel like that was just kind of, uh, I don't know, a necessary. Maybe it was necessary, maybe unnecessary. But, yeah, definitely, um, it, you know, I think that he's very unsure of what he's going to be doing with the ball, which is something that's really odd because normally we just need him to catch and shoot. Um, sure. So that's – you know that's the that's the thing there. Reggie, I think, played better defense tonight, but yeah, his his shooting has definitely been. But that's how he was last season, so I'm hoping he picks it up. Um, and Dorian Finney-Smith, I mean, I love Dodo. Uh, he's just you know trying to do whatever he can all over the the court, man. But yeah, I mean, it was a hard fought victory. I appreciate the Raptors. I think that you know had Siakam not gone down with his groin injury, who knows how the game would have gone, you know. Um, hopefully he gets better, but yeah, man, they thanks, Kirk. Sure thing, buddy. They, they survived a couple of, of the Scotty Barnes knee thing looked bad. The Pascal Siakam groin thing looked bad and Scotty Barnes ended up being fine. And Pascal Siakam was able to walk it off, but they just didn't put him back in, which is probably for the best, but oh man, but I'm glad they ended up being okay. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out, Rolo. Coming up next, then we have. Mr. Dang, sorry to make you wait, buddy. How you doing? Hit that mute button one more time. Ah, we're gonna get cooking here. Oh, Kirk, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. You're the third person who said that. It's fine. We won the game. You can be a downer. It's just the game shouldn't be this close, you know? I mean, it's it's just maddening. Okay, what's the biggest concept that a kid just said, you know, be a professional, you know, and you'll earn your minutes. I think Woods earned his minutes. I think Green has earned his minutes. Sure. I think, I think that Bullock, hey, it's okay to reduce his minutes five, ten minutes. Split that amongst, you know, Green and Wood, you know. Hardaway's minutes, he needs to earn his minutes. You know, it's just like McGee. McGee sat on the bench, but when he came in, he played a lot harder, I thought, because he had to realize that, hey, maybe I need to earn my minutes. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I thought McGee, you know, McGee's four points made a difference in a one point game. And I thought, you know, he's plus six and it might be the first time he's been plus um, <laughs> the entire season. And it's, it's just, it's nice. Um, 
they'll figure some of this stuff out. I mean, I was talking to Josh Bo about this in the post-game podcast. My my natural inclination is to kick the shit out of them for waiting eight games to even bench McGee. But the fact is, at on game eight, they took the guy who they signed as the starter and told him he'd be coming off the bench. That is not an easy thing to do, period, on a personnel level. It's also not an easy thing to do for a coach who's stubborn as a mule. So I want to give him a little bit of credit for making the right call. Even if it feels like he's not making the right call quickly enough, that's hard for us to say here as we're armchair coaching. I I hear what you're saying, though. I, I it, it can get a little weird. But, you know, I understand what you're saying, but – Looking at it from the optics sense, I know it's tough to bench a starter, but at the same time, is it justified to play somebody over somebody else that's performing well? Well, I mean, for example, Reggie played 25 minutes tonight, uh, down from his, like, 34. So, like, there's an element of what you're talking about here where, you know, Josh Green went up from 14 to 20 minutes. So, I, I hear – Hair saying you're tr- it's trending at least yeah yeah that's a good yes that's a good phraseology for it trending you know but you know it's just i don't know man i mean the games in the nba are just so close man or coaching moves you know like not calling a timeout when they were making their run in the fourth quarter yeah really that was crazy well there were so many stoppages in play because of like right. arguments and uh with the referees and things like that to where i I didn't really – I'm normally really rough on kid on those sorts of things. I didn't really think about that tonight. Well, you know, what I would like to have seen was a timeout where we get kid in the back in the low post, you know, and get kid – I mean, uh, get uh, Luca more touches, you know. That's what I would like to see, you know, reorganize everything. And i also like to see – you know, you see it in the NBA a lot because of all the changes and stoppages where you can switch offense for defense. Yeah. I want to see that. I don't understand that. I mean, he has a few times. He did because he kept subbing out Christian Wood offense for defense, but he would like sub out Tim Hardaway as the uh, sub in Tim Hardaway as the <laughs> defender. There's some weird shit happening in those. That's some games. weird shit. I'd rather get burned by Wood. At least he can grow. For sure. Hardaway is what you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. Yep. You know, but anyways, I mean, I would love to have seen also Green in the game late in defensive situations over Dinwiddie. You know, but hey, whatever. You know, All right, I'm a professional. Pre- 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 I want them to get to the level where they need to be. They should only have lost one game. I don't think they should have lost any games. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Kirk. Oh, I mean, come on. They lost two games by two points, and they lost oh, one game in overtime. Just giving you a hard time, Kirk. I know, I know. I want perfection, too, and I want it now. That's right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Kurt. You're awesome, man. Thanks for putting these on. I know it's a lot of effort. That's oh, good. It's good. Like now, when they start playing lots of back-to-backs, because we keep we're getting these breaks between games where this is nice, and then there's just going to come like a reckless onslaught of games, and I'm going to die. Now, you'll you'll hear it in my voice when I'm cracking at that point. But for right now, this is great. All right, thanks so much. Talk soon. Thank you. Okay, Krishna, what's up? Kirk, how are you? I'm good. That's good. Um, obviously, Josh Green Island, Sugar Gliders, stand up, glide. Great performance from him. Obviously, Dwight Powell starting was good. I, I thought you saw what we had seen when Dwight Powell was making his cameos. You saw way more energy, way more effort. And, yeah, they were down for, for a bit in the first quarter. But I, it felt different. Like, just the feeling was different. You'll like this because you spend a fair amount of time on Twitter. Somebody messaged me essentially saying that the that the Mavericks like gaslit us into loving Dwight Powell. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes, they I saw signed, that. Uh, they signed JaVale McGee specifically to trick us into liking Dwight Powell. That's I, I love that take. You know what? I don't even completely disagree with that. I, I, I think I've never personally been one to hate on Dwight Powell. Like, I understood his limitations. Like, his limitations were clear. Like, there was no hiding. Like, Dwight Powell is, you know, you talk about how JaVale McGee is like a stat patter. Dwight Powell is like, if anything, he's the exact opposite. 
He'll get some points. He'll have some effort plays, but he's clearly limited by just not being super tall. And that's like, obviously that's not his fault, but what he does, he does well. And I think it's, it's tough to be like really harsh on the guy, but he played well. And most of the team played well. And the fourth quarter was weird. Like I, I think, I think maybe I'm wrong, but after the challenge, they only had two timeouts left for like 10 minutes, which is why I was, I wasn't so freaked out about not calling a timeout down the stretch, but yeah, definitely worrying. And Tim, Tim is very, Tim is very like, he's not even hit or miss. He's just very miss right now. And a lot of it is just, I I think you talked about it on the pod or, or someone else did where when Tim is creating offense, trying to make offense, like it just doesn't look good. But when someone is doing something else for him, he looks way better. Like that one possession where they kind of zipped the ball around and then Tim had it and it looked like he was going to go for a shot. And then he passed it back to Wood for a three. I was like, okay, that was good. And I felt like there were a lot of good possessions where Luca obviously was on the floor, but everyone else was touching the ball. And I thought, those were the possessions I was like, I wish we saw this a little bit more. Well, what happened was it was third quarter, second half of the third quarter. Uh, that was when the Mavericks went back up by 15. They had gotten up by 19. Then the then the um, Raptors cut it down to nine. And they started doubling Luca, like soft doubles, doubles, like late doubles. And he was making the right pass. Uh, so that sort of stuff is going to be what happens depending on how the defense is is covering Luca, And what we've seen through eight games right now is the kitchen sink approach where we've seen them leaving. uh, We've seen other teams leave their defender on an Island to stop Luca hadn't worked. We've seen uh, teams pack the paint when he comes in and then he throws out the right pass because that's Luca Doncic tonight. We saw a lot of junk defenses. Brian Damaris said this during the game where he said, we're going to see a lot of junk defenses at Luca. And to, to the credit of the rest of the Mavericks, they really stepped up at the right time. And we're going to see stuff like this. I, I, I really think it's absurd to think that Luke is going to continue a 35 point pace, but I also don't see that. Like, I, I don't not see that happening at this point. Like there's anything is on the table because he's an offense unto himself who also makes the right choice when the defense, uh, you know, gives him the option. For sure. And I think what was different about this game, like, yes, Lucas scored 35, but I feel like it was about like 35 at the right points. Sure. Like he had that huge break in the second and he didn't play a little bit in the fourth, which I think hurt the team in the fourth, but it felt good. Like he didn't have to play the second, which I think was a positive. And he didn't, he played a lot of the third, which I think helped them build that original lead. And, you know, it's tough. Like, I want to see moves. Like, I, I was looking at it. Would you take Eric Gordon yes. on this team? Would you take – because Eric Gordon has two years left on his deal, makes the same amount of money as Tim. I I wouldn't be down. I wouldn't be opposed to giving two second-rounders and Tim for Eric Gordon now. I mean, I, I, I understand why. I don't think they'll do anything. Like I don't that. think they will because I think, I think Eric Gordon will probably go for more just because I think – Eric Gordon's a little bit – he'll be a competent player for any team he goes to. Sure. But um, it, it's tough to see where this team is, and I think what we're seeing now is Luca is always the very consistent guy. Yes. And it's just been sporadically a lot. A few other players have had good games. I think after Luca, oddly enough, I would say the two most consistent players are Josh Green and, and Dwight Powell, which if you told most fans – I think that's right, followed, I, prob- followed probably by like Wood, and then yeah. there's like a drop-off. Exactly. And I think maybe it's Dinwiddie. maybe Dinwiddie. And I think it's, it's tough because like everyone is trying to, like, I think we had this expectation and even I did that everyone would just roll into the season and know their roles, but even adding a guy like Christian Wood and, you know, obviously McGee to a lesser extent at this point, everyone's roles and their, uh, like their duties have changed in some capacity. And yeah, I agree. Like I want Josh Green to get more, but cranking Josh Green up to 30 minutes, like, it's just not going to work because it's not like a pure math equation where you just crank up the minutes and the well, efficiency. A long, ago, a long time ago, Josh Bow and I made together, we don't necessarily always agree on stuff, made the declaration that we didn't think 
Jalen Brunson would be able to put up more. Like we didn't think his minutes were scalable. And this was, this is before last year. We're talking year three with him. Mm -hmm. That was wrong. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they made a huge comeback. I don't know what scalable minutes mean for Josh Green because the chat reasonably pointed out he's not necessarily getting shots to to shoot the ball more. Like it's not, he's passing up a ton of shots. Yes. I think. So like, what does that mean? So if you scale up his minutes to 25, 26 a game from like 14, 15, how many shots are we getting in that time? Because he has to have shots. Like this was my beef with Reggie Bullock for a significant portion of last year is he's playing 40 minutes and getting 40 shots or four shots. Like, what are you doing? But they, it, it's not a card. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, and that's what I think has to be kind of like put into context. Like it, just because you scale Josh's minutes, it doesn't necessarily mean he gets like more shots or anything. And it also, you have to factor in like, if you give him minutes, who are you taking minutes away from? Ideally for me, what you see over the progression is you see guys like Reggie and Dorian and Maxi just become more comfortable. And you see someone like Tim, his minutes start going down and Josh's go up. And that's what you hope happens. That's like, I think what I hope would happen, but you have to see And, and I think we're seeing that trend slowly change and it's, I get it. It's so frustrating. Like I really wish instantly it would happen, but I think there's some positive signs, which I think is good. And there's some very worrying signs. And I don't know how much of the worrying signs are going to be continuous or how much it is like game by game. Because obviously in the NBA, no team is going to play the same way or the same style. Like the Raptors are so unique as a team. They don't, they have length, but they don't necessarily have like a dominating center. And they don't. You go check out Siakam's numbers. Good. Siakam, Siakam. And LeBron and Giannis and uh, Luca are like the only guys averaging, I think, like 25, 5, and 5 in the league right now or something. Like Siakam is really good. And I think he goes, I think he goes underrated sometimes just because, you know, it's Toronto and they always have a lot of really good players. But that's kind of Toronto's philosophy. Like if they don't have Fred Van Vliet, they're always a really tall team. And that, that poses a different problem than. You know, someone like the Jazz, where I think the Jazz have a more traditional structure where Conley, you know, he's a pretty normal sized point guard, but then you go up to like Kelly Olinick and Markinen as your bigs. So I think part of it is the team is like trying to adjust to who they're playing in that moment and they're facing different struggles and it looks the same every time. And so they, I think the team themselves don't completely know what they're doing all the time. Sure. And so. They're, they don't know what they're doing, and they're coming against something different. Because like unlike a playoff series where you know who you're playing at some point, like you've played a game or two against them, it's not that. You're playing against a different team with a different system. And I think it's helped a little. They've had some breaks, but we'll see. Hopefully they start understanding what they need to do. And the rotations, I think, in the end, the rotations are going to sort themselves out like – Reggie, like you've mentioned so many times, Reggie, like last season, was playing nothing. And then by the end, we were literally begging for someone to take Reggie and Dorian's minutes. So we'll see. I think positive win. I I think it's good that you just eked out a win against a good Raptors team. And hopefully we see more from Monday. And hopefully, you know, more people come on. I don't want to monopolize the time. Oh, that's great. I agree. More people should come on. Yeah, I know. Please, guys. I I don't want to talk anymore. I'm done. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good night. All right. Let's see here. Um, let's go to my man, Gordon. How you doing, Gordon? Hey, Kirk. Um, I, I missed the game tonight. I went with Valley Sports Plus this season, and the stream was just completely dead tonight. So. I have heard it was a mess. It was awful. It was awful. It was very frustrating. Um, yeah, so just kind of looking at the box score here, and I assume that – you know, Dwight Powell brought his typical energy, and I don't really uh, – I'm not one to jump on and, and criticize Dwight Powell, but, again, just looking at the box score, how does how does a 6'10", high-energy, you know, guy who is – is, I, don't, I don't think he's this incredibly strong guy or anything, but, I mean, he's, he's, he's a fairly strong guy. He jumps out of the gym. How does he get two rebounds in 26 minutes? Like, this just – 
it's it seems like a really typical thing from him and like i just i don't understand it how how does that happen night after night honestly he spends a fair amount of his time boxing out um he he is he is actually not a he's not a good rebounder no there's no kidding going on there but he spends a lot of his time boxing out so somebody else can go with the board but the the raptors are a particularly a bad matchup for him to get rebounds because all of them have longer wingspans than he does. Like he has a, he has a neutral wingspan, six eleven, a height, six eleven wingspan, which is rare for NBA guys. A lot of, yeah. you know, you see some like like a lot of great shooters have a negative wingspan, but most NBA players have a plus wingspan. It's like uh, yeah. the yeah. Victor Wembanyama guy who's coming in who has like an eight foot wingspan. It's like something preposterous. Right. So, like, yeah. like and that just hurts hurts. Uh, Hurts Powell over time. It's it's really and he's also I don't necessarily think he has a very good instinct for for going up and getting rebounds. Yeah, uh, that seems obvious. Um, so, just also wanted to quickly comment about I I, I feel like you had a really good take earlier um, on uh, Lucas pick and roll and like sort of you know selecting a, a pick and roll partner for him. You know, there's there's obviously a lot of people that want to see. Um, Seawood more, um, you know, in that role. And it's like in the regular season, it, it, it feels like at this point that Luca off a pick, he's going to get a mismatch. And when he gets into the paint, he's going to shoot, you know, close to 70%. And at that point, like, it's like, it, it feels like whoever it is, like if you have somebody that you want to run the pick and roll with him and you want them to pop, like they've got to shoot, I mean, close to 50% before you want him kicking out, right? I mean, I mean, so what you're, you're, you're basically asking, or you're not asking, but you're sort of talking about the math involved with Luca. What makes like, what's the most efficient shot. And it's incredibly frustrating. I think some, for some folks that want to see some more offensive variety, but Luca is rightfully making the calculation that he is the best option. A Luca shot is more effective than just about anybody else on the team, even if it's a wide open three for somebody else because of the percentages he's shooting at right now. It's absurd. And I do think eventually, like, there's been a couple of, like, my guy Matthew Phillips wrote a really good article about Luca's posting up. And then Grant Afseth over at DallasBasketball.com wrote an article about Luca posting up, getting some great Jason Kidd quotes and kind of what they're going for. Luca's basically the best post player in the NBA right now. Right. Um, with the shots that he's taking. And, until defenses take that away, either by sending additional doubles or things like that, he's going to take keep keep taking these shots. It's just right. an offense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's just like once you get into the playoffs, he's not going to be as efficient in the paint. And obviously, I'm not like we need to make sure that we get in top four first. And at this point, I do think that you know Dwight Powell, he's he's a better roller than Christian Wood. And so I feel like that your regular season ceiling means that Dwight Powell is just going to be the best pick and roll partner for, for Luca. But once you get into the playoffs and Luca's, you know, efficiency in the paint, like goes from, you know, what it is now down to, I I mean, it's still going to be, his efficiency is still going to be insane in the playoffs. Like obviously, but like, are we going to wish that we had maybe taken a, maybe taken a step back and said, you know, th- it works with Dwight Powell in the regular season, but like, as we have seen in postseasons past, it does not work in the playoffs. And so maybe we need to take a step back and sort of, you know, d- develop something with somebody else that will work well, in the playoffs. See, this is, this is sort of an existential question because I think that the Christian Wood of it all will work itself out in the wash. He is a constant plus. He is extremely talented. I also don't think he's being that bad at defense. There are times where he's lost, yeah. but that's that's a that's a repetition over time thing. So against some of these, well, let's just call them lesser teams, because you know in the NBA anybody can win at any given night. I want to see him get thirty minutes against you know the the Magic when they play them next week. I want to see some of this stuff. This. This minute cap that kid sort of has on him is clearly pissing him off. He's not talking about it, but he was pissed when he went to the bench tonight. Yep. Yep. And they, they need, like, 
this was already, you know, Josh Bow and I have repeatedly said that we think this is going to be the year the Dallas Mavericks take their medicine and that they don't really have a lot of options. This is, you know, the, the wood, the, the McGee signing was kind of their one swing and it's so far robust, but because of that, they're kind of just going to have to play with the cards that they were dealt the team that they have. But when you have an MVP candidate, slot stuff, like he's just going to wheel them to a certain level of performance and so I, I think that there's there's got to be what you're talking about in terms of a concerted effort to to diversify. Uh, right. When does that happen? I'm not sure. They've played a lot of close games. Like somehow I just went and looked at their point differential because point differential over the course of a year is actually a much better indicator than team record of team quality. So the Mavericks are actually um, third in the West in terms of point differential right now at plus six. Uh, even though they're seventh in the rest West by record. And so I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching that the next several weeks. That's sort of, of, of the thing that one of the things I'm really most interested in about, because if, if the Mavericks kind of inch ahead, let's say they win, I don't know, three out of every five games, that's a sick, you know, that's a 60% win pace. If, if they get to that level and it's around game 20 and we haven't seen much diversity in the offense, that's something I think that I'll, have our site kind of start writing about because you're right. You get to the playoffs and it's just a different ball game and you don't want Luca to get ground into dust. Yeah. I think one thing that we're going to, so I, I do think that I agree with you. Like I do think that there needs to be some experimentation. I think that the landscape right now in the NBA is such that it's going to be very difficult to, <laughs> to find an opponent where you are comfortable experimenting, knowing that you can still win. It's like Houston and there's maybe like two other teams, you know, in the league right. that you you can feel confident on. You know, it's like, you know, we played the Magic the other night and I'm thinking, did they even have a win at that point? I don't maybe one. Um, and, you know, you look at their starting lineup and you're like, this is a solid team. You know, like we we're going to have to play to beat these guys. Yeah. Um, uh, and real quick, last thing, um, I know everyone wants to see. It's, it, it seems like everyone wants to see Tim Hardaway's minutes limited, you know, at this point uh, to some degree. But I do think that they're kind of in a tough spot with him because you don't want to ruin his trade value, right? Like you have – like, and that's that's a really tricky – it's got to be a really tricky thing for a team and a coach to, to balance. You know, winning tonight while also making sure that you maintain trade value of the guys that you would, you know, sort of – secretly not secretly like to you know use as a trade piece um so it's gonna be really interesting no it is because tim hardaway was at like i feel fairly confident i don't know this i feel confident in saying that the tim hardaway re-signing was not a kid nico decision that was something that was probably worked out before the they were even brought on board so it's i don't necessarily think they're looking to trade him but i do think they would be open to trading him yeah All right, cool. Nice talking to you, Kurt. Yep. You too. Talk soon. All right. Last, we got my man Nav. How are we doing tonight? Sorry to make you wait for so long. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Um, Sure. So, this is the best I felt after a win other than the Memphis game, where we blew them out by like Um, 40-something. I felt like the most cohesion. It felt like we had a good start to the game. Powell starting. You know, we weren't really down at any point in the game other than the first quarter. Um, Luca had, you know, good defense. Overall, everything was good. I guess to kind of uh, piggyback off what Gordon was saying, I guess like thinking big picture, that I, talking about Christian Wood, I guess it's, it's kind of driving me crazy and it's getting really annoying because I need someone, I, I need to like someone to explain to me what the thought process is because we gave up a first round pick for him, right? I know yep. the end of the bench players or whatever. So you invested a first round pick for him. Everyone complains about how we don't have any first round picks to trade, right? So you invested a first round pick. The guy's in a contract year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, right? So he can just leave if he wants. You lost Jalen Brunson, right? And so there's only three guys on the roster that can actually, you can throw them the ball and then they can create a shot for themselves or others, right? Luca Dinwiddie and Wood, right? I don't understand why 
the team isn't doesn't seem to be making an investment in what I who I consider to be like their second best offensive player. And yeah, I don't I feel like there's a disconnect between like maybe the GM, you know, Nico and Kid. Because I understand wanting to value defense and emphasizing defense, but I guess I just keep going back to like I would look at the Lamelo ball situation, right? Where there's no doubt that the Charlotte Hornets are invested in Lamelo Ball, but then how many times over the years has he not played in crunch time because his defense hasn't been there? I don't know why we don't use the same approach with Christian Wood. Start the guy, pay him over, you know, play him over 30 minutes a game, pick and roll with Luca all day, and then the last five, six, seven minutes of a game, if it's close, you don't want to play him. Fine, don't play him, but at least you know, play him at the beginning. It's really something. There are, I get the feeling from listening to more connected Mavericks reporters, from talking to people off the record, I get the feeling that there's some machinations at play that none of us really entirely understand. And I hate that that exists, but with a guy in a contract year, there's an element of balance between the Mavericks probably wanting to a see how well he fits B see if he's the kind of person that they want on their team for the long term, and then C playing him enough to where they win, but also not so much to where that they need him to where that he is essentially holding the Mavericks over a barrel for a contract situation. That last part is going to drive all of us crazy because we don't care. It is not our money. It is not our fault that the Mavericks have bad books. It is the Mavericks' fault for somehow botching having a superstar on your roster and then ending up with bad books anyway before his rookie contract or rookie extension even kicks in. So, the, you know, Jason says in the chat, the risk is that you go too far and risk losing him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't know enough to really speak on it other than to acknowledge how weird it is. Yeah, I guess I guess I agree with Jason in the chat where you lost Brunson for right. Right. And it was like how I looking at I'm looking at your website, right? Uh, Four years, ninety one million dollars. Right. That's with the new CBA. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's like nothing. Like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't understand why you don't. Give it, I, I, I thought we should have given him the contract before the season started so this wouldn't even be an issue. And then you show the investment in him, play him a ton of minutes, and then if you don't, you know, if you, you don't like him, try and trade him later, right? Like he's going to be worth something if you put him up good enough. I just, it just drives me crazy. And I feel like, I feel like me and like Squish41 on Twitter are the only, are like the two people yelling the loudest about it. Well, I, just, I just don't understand what the, like we, how many years did we spend complaining about getting a sure. next to Dirk, right? Next to Dirk, right? Yep. And like, and like, this seems to be a theme with the team. And it's like, you keep getting guys. It's like, you got Brunson, he left. Fine. You've made a great trade. I thought it was an unbelievable trade to get Christian Wood at, you know, in here with what you gave up. And now you're like, you're not playing him. Like what, what is happening? Uh, I understand. That's what I'll say. Okay. I appreciate (laughs) it. I'm sorry. I just need to vent because that's what this is for. Yeah. It's just very frustrating. And I, and I've heard, like I heard the same other people, like I listened to locked on Mavs and Isaac was talking about, he had heard something about, I guess, like, when they brought him in, they did not view him as that type of player. And I'm, you know, it's like, okay, then why'd you bring him in here? Yeah. Right? Like, if you, if, if the, you know, that's where I just feel like, well, obviously well, I'm missing something or, you know, and it's just frustrating just because, like, I think what Gordon said was right on. Like, in the playoffs, you can't just have Luca, you know, win us, you know, get us all the way to where we want to get to. Right. Sure. We have three guys on the team that can actually do something. So, right. well, it, well, it 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 makes you wonder if we'd feel this way if Brunson hadn't left. But it's like how many how many little mistakes can you make? Like Luke is the hard part. So, and you know, again, I'm really happy about this win. I'm happy about where this team is going. 
but there yes. are just elements when you pull back and you're like, what is what? Where it makes you kind of raise your, your eyebrow. Now, the flip side is it's game eight, heading into game nine. There's plenty of time for things to go right. I think I think that Wood played a nice game tonight. I just would have liked to have seen more of him. Uh, but, you know, win is a win. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm obviously and clearly overreacting. No, no, I don't necessarily think you are. It's just it's it's a thing that you want to look at and not hope it hope it doesn't matter in ten games, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah thanks so much. Too. Appreciate it. You guys right, take talk care. Soon. All right, guys. Uh, this will go up on the website tomorrow afternoon. We'll have some more posts. I don't know what all who's writing what. Um, I'm gonna die with how much stuff I'm working on these days. But hey, it's all for good fun. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys on Monday night after the Nets game. And I will talk with you soon. Everybody have a good weekend. This is nice. We never won on Friday night last year, ever. I remember it was like six times in a row we never we never won. I used to come in here being like, it gets my weekend started off shitty. All right, be good. Talk soon, team.